I greet you all in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Now let us all turn our Bibles. Let's turn our Bibles to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Now let us read verse 9 together. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Now one more time, let's read James 4, 9 together. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us all turn to God in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for journey mercies to thy house in this wet weather. We thank you for this great privilege to be found in the house of prayer. Even as we come, Lord, we do plead with you once again to wash us in the blood of our Saviour, that we would truly be whiter than snow. We thank you for that is forgiveness in you, that thou mayest be feared. And Father, even now as we Come to study your word. May you, Lord, not just grant to us understanding, but, Lord, work conviction in our hearts. And we pray that each one of us would truly search our own hearts carefully, search our own spirit. Do, Lord, do we truly mourn over our sins? So, Lord, be in our midst. Remove all distraction. Lord, help us to know your word well and that it may work that work of grace in our hearts. So, we ask and pray for all this. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now, so last week we began to study about blessed are they that moan. Now, what is this moaning? Remember, this word has to do with um, grief, has to do with um, sorrow, has to do with um, um, lamenting, all right? There's a good word for it, lamenting, we lament. But it is also the strongest word that is typically used and is frequently used associated with funerals, with funerals. So when you go to funeral, you see people um, in that state of mourning. In fact, the word is literally go to the house of mourning, right? A house of grief. Now, what is it for the believers um, in our lives that we should mourn over? Well, we learned last week, we are studying this specific aspect first, and that is Mourning over our sins. Mourning over our sinfulness. Okay? Now, there is this constant spirit in the world, as mentioned, where being sad is a, is a bad thing. Everything around us is often designed to make you happy, all right? To make you um, merry. That is all. But here, the Bible tells us that there is a blessedness in mourning, having this spirit of moaning, moaning. I also mentioned this is not, all right? This is not moaning over um, things that we lose in this world, like we lose, um, young ones, we lose your to- you lose your toy, um, adults, you lose your job opportunities um, uh, to join the company that you want, um, or elderly, you lose your health, and then you feel that, oh, I can't, I can't travel anymore, I can't eat this, I can't eat that anymore because I, I developed this illness, and now I am so sad. All right? It is not that moaning. In fact, the Bible calls those, well, 
sorrow that leads um, to death is worldly sorrow, worldly sorrow, right? It just ends there. But here God promises a blessedness for those that mourn over our sins, that mourn over our sins. We saw many verses um, from um, various parts of the Bible in Corinthians, um, in James we just read, where God links this mourning, all right, to, to sin, and God links, links this mourning when we have them also to, to blessedness in those passages. All right? Now, here, then the question is this. Now, how, having understood what mourning is regarding my sin, now, is it just about um, my besetting sins, my failure um, today, um, this week, my broken promises to God that I made last week? Is it just about um, specific instances of sin? Well, of course it is. Of course it includes that, right? So, for example, um, Peter, the specific instance where he denied the Lord, he went out and wept bitterly. He moaned over his, his um, betrayal of Christ, his failure to Christ, his disappointment to Christ, his sin in denying Christ. Right? So that was an instance. Um, for King David, Psalm 51 clearly describes his mourning over his sins, his, his, um, his um, grief right? that, he, that, that almost made him like a sick person. Right for months, so that is that those instance of him committing adultery and murder. Of course, this morning has to do with those instances. All right, and also our besetting sins. For example, you know a certain sin in your life. You keep promising God, I will not go back to it. But very often, well, not just because of weakness, you just go back to it. All right, like a dog returns to the vomit. The Bible describes. You just do it, and then after that, you're you're sorry again. Well, of course, we should mourn over that kind of um, situation. If there's any besetting sin in your life, let me ask you, do you have this spirit of mourning? Have you committed some sin that you are aware of this week, today, last week? Have you any sense of grief over it? Or just, uh, just ask God, forgive me, eh? that's it. Or there's grief or not. So the Bible tells us we must mourn over these sins. Now, but is it just about instances of sin. No, it is not. Blessed are they that moan. Now, this is not just talk about you sin, then you moan, you sin, then you moan. Now, let me ask you, hearers, are we always sinning? Yes, we are constantly sinning without even realizing it. In our thoughts, in our words, our intentions, pride, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, is constantly there with us, right? Because of the fallen flesh. Now, that is the reason why we are very thankful that salvation is purely by grace and that, our sal that we are safe, safe in God's hand um, and His promise will never be broken. We will definitely go to heaven. If for a single um, instance where God says, well, you maintain your salvation by not sinning or you... Um, you must make sure that you live godly lives in order to go to heaven. We are all doomed, all right? We are constantly um, struggling with sin, and very often, if not for the blood of Christ, all right, that washes our, all our sins away, none of us can go to heaven. So, what am I saying? Yes, there are instances of our, what we 
um, have done in sin against God that we are conscious of, but we must also, that we should grieve over those, but we must also be conscious of that we are, that we are truly wretched, right? There, there is constantly um, this, this, um, this disappointment to God. We are, we are not what we should be. So far from what we should be, to be a child of God. We are constantly um, um, grieving God. It's always sin around us, within us. So that is our flesh that Paul talks about, right? The flesh that Paul talks about. Now, in fact, I want you to turn, please, and we read this last week, but we must be um, clear about this. Turn to Romans Chapter 7, then you, I hope you left a bookmark in, in James. Romans chapter 7. Like Romans chapter 7. Now let's read from um, verses 21 to 24. 21 to 24. 21 to 24 reading. I find then a law that is. When I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death. So Paul is so conscious, so conscious of the constant battle that he has within him against the flesh. All right, the, the remaining um, um, sin within him, that nature. Yeah, although he knows he's saved, he is forgiven, his, all his sins are washed away, but this sinful flesh that troubles him. Now, he uses the word, um, the law of sin, which is in my members, in my members. So he's acknowledging he is often falling into sin knowingly and without even knowing that that is the sin in his members so this body of ours we are we are so sick of it do you get sick of it do you, do you get frustrated why do you want to go to heaven very often people say i want to go to heaven because there's no more pain no more suffering um, no more troubles very few think this way i want to go to heaven because i want to be freed i want to be rid of this Sin that is in my members. As long as I'm in this flesh, Paul say, this sin um, um, weakness in him always exists. So Christian, why do you want to go to heaven? Because I am so sick of this wretchedness that of a, of a child of God that I am. I, I want to be better, but there is so many things in my life that I fail God all the time. I am sick of it. Now, Paul says, Oh, wretched man that I am. I want you to notice this word wretched after when we come back to James. But he says, Oh, wretched man that I am. Now, where is I am? I am. He's not saying wretched man that I was before I was saved. But I am. Means Paul is very aware that, that while he, and we know he lived um, a life of holiness, right? A life of godliness. He's very serious about his Christian walk. But he's always very... Um, very grieved with the members, with his sinful body on earth. Very grieved about it. And he says, I, since, oh, wretched man that I am. 
He's constantly aware this is always the case with me. Now, what am I trying to emphasize? It is not just about, well, well this week, as far as I can know, I didn't sin. Even that, that besetting sin, well, by the grace of God, I didn't commit it this week. So, I feel pretty good about myself, and I'm, I'll, I'll be jolly and, and happy now. Well, thank God that you did not fall into the besetting sin for however long it is by the grace of God. But this mourning, all right, is also in parallel with that, that well, um, the instance of sin, this mourning of my, this um, sinful flesh that I am in must also be present at the same time. All right, so now this is what God is saying. Blessed are they that moan. And later on when we see um, about being comforted, we will see why. So Christian, we must also not think that this is a constant long face, all right? A permanent mourning of um, 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 sadness, grief, and uh, when you see other people, you don't smile, and you are always in um, a very um, um, downcast spirit, that kind of thing. No, there is a present, like Paul, there is a present um, understanding, a present awareness. As much as he knows, he said, well, as far as I know, right, I've pressed towards the mark of the high calling. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to meet God. Well, he feels that he has lived his life to the best of his conscience by the grace of God to be what he needs to be. But yet, he still says, wretched man that I am. There is this constant awareness that I really wish I'm, I'm rid of this um, 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 sinful flesh that I have at the same time. Okay, so he is the one who says, rejoice, you know, and again I say rejoice, right? So Paul, wherever he was, he was rejoicing. But at the same time, he says, oh, wretched man that I am, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. All right, so I hope that we develop this um, true understanding um, otherwise, you know how we are, like, our standard of our, for ourselves is so low with, with, with respect to obedience to God. We obey, the God, we obey God a certain way on, on the Lord's day. We think we are so good already, better than other Christians. But if God were to really show us, expose our thoughts and all, then we will know even if I kept the Lord's day to the best of my ability, better than every Christian I know, I am still so so far from what I should be. Even though I, I love the Lord more than others, but I'm so far from what I should be in my love for God. Even though I hate sin, but I'm still so far from what I should be in how I should hate sin. Right? That is that awareness that keeps the person always feeling um, humble before the Lord. Right? That is why I kept reminding us, this follows after the poor in spirit always feeling there is no good in me. There's nothing good in me. Even though I live as best I can by God's grace. All right? So, this must be clear in our hearts. Now then, become. Maybe before I even answer this question, all right? Before I even answer this question, um, how, how do I develop this, cultivate this um, spirit of mourning? Because crisis, um, um, blessed are they that mourn, Meaning to say, I need to moan. But how do I develop that? Because that is a blessed state. The world says, don't moan. Be happy. But Christ says, moan over our state, over our sins. 
How do I have that? How do I develop that? But before even I answer that question, I want to remove some misunderstandings first, all right? So uh, I don't want to, when I'm covering all this, then we have a wrong idea and begin to think, oh, then I should do this, I should be like that in church at home and so on. So what are some things that this, this spirit is not about, is not about, right? Be clear first. So especially the young ones, you, you must be clear. Now, first and foremost, um, this is not about wailing and and crying all the time, for example, in church or in your prayers, right? This is not about this working yourself up um, to, to appear sorrowful. It is not that. So this is a genuine um, spirit within you, a genuine attitude within you where you really hate sin and you're so uh, grieved about sin. Now, in my first church, one of the things that I really treasured, and I hope that um, we, we will have this in us, is, is a spirit of um, seriousness about sin, all right, in our personal lives. I remember even when I first joined, um, the, the sadness over our sin, our um, sinful state, um, sinfulness before God, um, the seriousness about it, I learned a lot from there. And when... When, when there was prayer, um, there was a very serious um, thought about and serious confession about sin. Right? Maybe I'll talk more about that in church camp. But it is, it is very evident, right? People don't take sin lightly. And people are, are, are not walking around feeling very proud, but they always know, I'm no good, I'm no good. Well, maybe some are false, I don't know, right? But I learned that. It is very missing, I feel, in modern Christianity is everyone just always smiling. We must be happy. We must be rejoicing. Hey, brother, how are you? And then, well, bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, cannot have any sense of, of um, any um, mourning, all right? So, today is like that. You go to church. It's almost like there is a constant um, need to be uh, in euphoria kind of thing. The, the music, everything, okay? Um, so, I hope that we, we develop um, this spirit of mourning, but there's one thing that over time, um, it, it declined to something wrong as well, all right? Um, like I mentioned, there was one man who came in, and he started to say that we must, we must wail and cry and, and weep when we, when we pray. Um, and then he cited verses like that. Then, well, some people started um, to get very emotional, all right? So at prayer meetings is screaming and weeping and crying at the top of the voice. Sometimes at church camp, also the same, right? Um, it was like that. Then over time, it became, I think, cultish, right? Well, thank God, the Lord removed the person um, and things became relatively normal again. But then there are those who at every, Lord, at every Holy Communion, you will hear slowly some crying, some crying, and then, literally wailing, right? Some of the sisters, right? So when I was, when I was younger, I thought, oh, that's what it should be. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not crying, right? I don't know how. I try. I don't know how, right? But a few particular sisters will always be sobbing and wailing at the Holy Communion. Well, I hope it is genuine and they, they really um, have that brokenness over sin. I think we are the opposite, all right? Everyone is very dry, everyone has no emotion, be very, very... Um, um, 
um, dignified, all right? Take the bread and then, you know, little finger like that, very dignified. Uh, we don't think about, about searching our hearts, so we can go to their, their extreme as well. But what I'm trying to say is, by no means am I saying there should be weeping and wailing, all right? This is about a very genuine brokenness within the heart, grief over our sin. Well, if it brings tears, it brings tears, all right? At times it does. It happens to pastors, it happens to people in church, it does, all right? But it must not be, you know, what is tears on demand, like a tap. There are people who are able to do that, right? I'm sure you've met people like that. They can turn on the tap of tears on demand, right? They want to cry now, they turn on, they cry, and they can be really very real, um, even adults, you are not talking about children. And again, they turn it off after that. Well, of course, we are not talking about that. So please don't get that idea that this is what um, we, are, we are saying, that we need to be um, like. So this is not asceticism also. It is not beating ourselves up, um, torturing ourselves, um, fasting and not eating for a few days, um, and now we are moaning, all right? This is not that as well. Okay, so please understand nothing phony about this. Um, there is genuine deep contrition. Um, David, all right? David was someone who, who um, talked about, well, how he wept and wept and wept over his sins. He, he said literally in Psalm 6 that um, his, his tears watered his couch, all right? I don't think he's, he's exaggerating, all right? Sometimes um, when we lose a loved one, we know that we, we, we can't stop crying, right? The, the sadness that we go through, for example. So, but David was not someone who went round all the time crying, all right? Even when we are... What about then the last one, last clarification, because before we move to how, how to develop this genuine spirit of mourning, all right? Now, another one is this. But some say, did not the Lord say, um, rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice, but God wants us to rejoice. So why are you preaching this kind of messages? In fact, there are preachers who say, we should not preach about mourning over sin anymore. All right? This is for the Old Testament people where they put on sackcloth and all that. Now it is, well, we are saved by grace. Right? So forget about, about sin. God has forgiven you of everything. So you don't need to feel bad about anything. Well, if you want to feel bad, it's up to you to feel bad, but I, I feel very sorry for you. They literally say similar, something to that effect. I feel sorry that you, you want to have such a Christianity where you, you moan over your sins. It's forgiven. Uh, it's not necessary. But if you want to, well, it's up to you. But it's, it's, it's not necessary. Yeah. So there are those who believe in that. So how do we reconcile that? The Lord says, yeah, rejoice um, in the Lord. And, re and I, again, I say rejoice. Well, I think... It's just like King David. When he sinned, he breaks down with genuine grief, all right? Like Paul, while he walks with the Lord and he's the one whom the Lord used to write, rejoice in the Lord. He keeps talking about rejoicing, telling, commanding the Christian to rejoice. But he's the one as well who says, oh, wretched man that I am. So Paul, I use schizophrenic. One moment you say, oh, wretched man that I am, means he's constantly feeling it. I am, continuous tense. But yet, at the same time, you tell us to rejoice, and you say you're rejoicing. You must be um, uh, schizophrenic. Well, how do you reconcile that? Now, rejoice in the Lord. It is in the Lord, not rejoice in sin, not rejoice in frivolousness, not rejoice in 
um, um, sinful merrymaking and a mindless merrymaking. And it is, well, as we rejoice. In fact, when we come to study comfort, the deeper your moaning is, the more genuine and sincere your grief is over sin, you will find that your rejoicing is the deepest, most lasting, most um, constant. Because the more you and I realize how sinful we are and we grieve over it, it is those Christians that truly treasure their salvation. You know, I visited someone and, um, and this person said, you know, just to think that I'm going to heaven. Wow, it is, it is unimaginable. I'm, I'm so sinful, but I'm going to heaven. You know, the joy is different from, from us who feel that, well, our sin, we are not that sinful. Actually, compared to other people, we should go to heaven. Uh, well, yes, yes, I understand that salvation is by grace. God came to save me. But I'm not as sinful as other people. I kind of deserve to go to heaven. Well, our rejoicing is never compared, can't be compared to those who genuinely know they don't deserve heaven at all, right? The poverty of spirit. And the rejoicing is, is immense, incomparable, all right? So, now, so back to this. So, yes, we rejoice. We are always rejoicing the, in the fact that our salvation is sure. Rejoicing in the fact that God will grant us grace to overcome our sin. Rejoicing in the privilege to serve Him because although we are sinners, we rejoice in all those things. But at the same time, we are constantly, as we rejoice, aware, like Paul, of our wretchedness. And the more we are aware of our wretchedness, the more we rejoice. Now, that is the, that is the Christian walk. That's the Christian life. That is why they that moan will be comforted. We should study more. All right, so please remember, do not swing to extremes, all right? One hand said, no, we should not have any of this feeling. Just be happy, you know, we are going to heaven. We must be singing about joy. Every tear shall be dry, all right? No, no moaning. But God says that spirit of moaning is what? It's blessed. Then the other extreme is the working ourselves up, um, um, phony, um, getting attention. Now, this is certainly not about long sharing with other people about your sinfulness. Have you met people, Christians like that? They spend a lot of time at prayer meeting, crying for a very long time, sharing in prayer meeting, sharing time, sharing how sinful they are, right? And then don't get to pray. By the time the person stops crying, it's half an hour later. This is not that, all right? Well, you moan over your sin. If it's genuine, good. Moan on your own, all right? Don't take up. Um, people's time in public prayer, right? So this is not that. Huh? Don't after that you say, well, we, you know, we need to be like that, have this spirit in prayer. Um, actually, I also want to add this before I move on. Now, before we start praying, even in public prayer, all right, um, I'm not saying that you must publicly acknowledge your, your personal sin. This is not what it is, all right? You, you're not supposed to confess your personal sin in, your, in a public prayer, okay? That is... Um, not about your private sins and all that, okay, to, to make yourself look holy. Sometimes it can cause a lot of problem, right? Some will confess, oh, Lord, forgive me for my lust after the sister so-and-so in church. Then it became a big problem in the church, right? The sister wondered what happened, what did she do? 
Um, so we are not talking about that kind of things at all. all right? So please understand that. Now, then now we move to this. We move to this. Now, how, how do I cultivate this? Because the Lord says, blessed are, right? And we should be like that. Well, let's turn back to James. James, the book of James, covers this. So young ones, are you wanting to have this spirit of grief over your sin and sinfulness? All right? Right, James chapter 4. So remember, this is grief over your sin and your sinfulness, not just sin. Now notice how, how um, James puts it. Look at verse 8. Now draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Now first and foremost, before he reached this part, be afflicted and moan, he gave the instruction, draw nigh to God. So the first thing before you... You, you be afflicted, is to draw nigh to God. Means you, there must be a setting of coming to God to be afflicted, coming before God to moan. Draw nigh to Him and be afflicted and moan. So now, Christian, there is this place in our walk, in our life, where we say, Lord, you know, I, I can't remember when was the last time I ever moaned over my sin. And I know, Lord, my besetting sins are there. And no, I know, Lord, I'm not the kind of teen that I am. I pretend. And there's so much sin in me. And adults, you know, I know my pride in me, my lust of the flesh, my lust of the eye. Lord, I am going to set a time and to draw close to you, to be afflicted and to moan over my sin and to weep over my sin. In your prayer time, in your personal prayer time, in your closet prayer, you must have that. Right? We're not asking you to, to, in public, keep moaning, but if it is absent in your, pub, in your private prayer, don't talk about your public um, 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 grief over your sin. Do you have that? Even in the Lord's Prayer, after the magnification of the Lord, after praying um, for His will to be done, then He says, forgive us of our sins. There is this grieving over the sin coming before the Lord. So there must be a set part in our prayer, prayer time, in a quiet time, where we search our hearts. Lord, I'm drawing near to you. You're the holy God. So that is one. Right. Set it, have it there. Have it there. Part of your prayer. And then say, and he will draw nigh to you. You see, God will now begin to... Um, um, Draw nigh to you. That is the blessedness. In our first series, we learn what is blessedness? God's favor on you, God's help for you to do His will, God's presence with you, right? That's the kingdom of God, God's presence. He will draw nigh to you. Then there is the cleanse your heart, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, this is now a seriousness. So how, how do I develop this, this attitude? I set it apart and now there must be a desire to cleanse my hands, um, purify my hearts, and deal with my double-mindedness. This is not about, before you even say, be afflicted and moan, which is verse 9. There must be all this preparation of the heart. Lord, I want to deal with my sins. This time of prayer, every day, is not about, Lord, I'm going to come, Lord, help me with this, help me with that, take care of this, take care of that. But there is a, 
a specific drawing nigh to God with the intention to deal with our sins. That is why it's cleanse your heart, purif- cleanse your hands, purify your heart. And this double-mindedness, do you ever grieve over double-mindedness? Lord, my life, I, I'm not willing to consecrate my life to you. I still want to hold on to this and hold on to that. I want to live the best of both worlds. Now, Lord, I need to be now fully designed to be holy. No more double-mindedness. Now, that is just setting your heart. Now, then you move to this. Now, how do I develop, cultivate the spirit of mourning? Now, now it says, be afflicted and moan and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Now, there are many commands in here. Be be affected and moan. Now, these are in command mode. Now, is God commanding us to, to wail and to scream? I said just now, no. This command is not just an outward thing. This, not, this a command is not, you know, you say, hey, can hear, can hear mommy and daddy crying when they sing, or, or daddy and mommy so happy to hear my child crying because, well, I'm commanded to cry, so I cry. No, this, this command is is one of, because now you are desiring to get right with God, now you must be afflicted. So what am I talking about? Now, when you attend a funeral, all right, people mourn because they genuinely sense the loss. They mourn. But in a sense, they are people that are doing something about their mourning and their um, their affliction. You see what I mean? If your loved one passed away, do you put in effort to do something? Do you need to um, be told to organize a funeral? Do you need to be told that you need to be at the funeral? Do you need to be told that you need to um, um, be present? You don't, all right? But it's something that the Christian must do. You must be there. You have to. Now, it has the picture of this. The double-mindedness is we are so um, careless about our sin. Our attitude towards sin is so low. And it's very sad when God has to command you, can you go and be afflicted? Parents, you understand that. Your child is so wayward. Your child is so sinful and disobedient. The child should know to stop that. But you have to say, can you go and think about this, right? This is the picture. Very sad that God has to command us to be afflicted. Now, in other words, this, if you look just at verse um, 9 itself, now this is about taking time to, be, to have a serious reflection over our sin and our sinfulness. I say that again. Verse 9 is God saying, verse, verse 8 is God saying, prepare your heart. Verse 9 is God saying, now you do this. You take time to go seriously, reflect over your sin and your sinfulness. That is what it is. Parents, you do that. Your child repeatedly takes disobedience very lightly. It comes a point, you say, you go to your room now. And I'm turning off the, the electricity in your room. You're not going to access any internet. You're not going to do anything, but I want you to sit in your room and reflect on what you have done. You think this is not serious? This is what it is. This is what the picture is. Go be afflicted. Go moan. 
All right? Go weep means you take your time to go and reflect over your sin and sinfulness. Do we do that? Why, why don't we have this spirit of mourning? Because we don't do that. Parents, why do you tell your child, go and spend half an hour, sit there and reflect over what you have done? Because you know when they do that, slowly it will dawn on them. And then they will come out of the room, well, if it's a good child, they'll come out of the room with their head down, feeling, yes, daddy and mommy, I, I understand why you're angry and, I can, and I'm very sorry about it. Right? There will be a genuine, what genuine um, grief? Why? Because they spend time thinking about their sin and their sinfulness. This is what it is. Christian, there must be this in our life, this, this um, constant practice of this in our lives, especially for those of us who don't feel that we are that sinful, but we are. Now then, um, let me ask you, at funerals, um, this be, right, be afflicted and mourn, take time to do it. You take leave, right? You take time off. And if your boss says, sorry, no more leave, you still say, like, then I'll take time off. I need to be at this funeral. Well, most of companies have, have a leave for specifically that is for um, this, this kind of situation. I forget the kind of leave, compassionate leave, right? You will just take leave and go. Now, if, would you to the point where you say, Lord, actually, now I begin to understand, I need to have this mourning and grief over my sin, and I know I'm so wayward, and I still don't have it. Would you even say, Lord, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some leave now, and for the next few days to really write down my sins and reflect on my sins, and Lord, can you please work this grief in me? Now, this be afflicted means... Well, we see you afterwards, all right? So, first and foremost, these are some of the things, all right? You will even cancel some activities that you plan. Who does not cancel uh, outing, a family outing? Because there's a loved one that is, have passed away and you are mourning. You say, oh, no, no, not going to let anything affect my, my, my holiday, my, um, my gym time. My... All those things goes out of the window, now, especially when we know that we have certain besetting sins in our life that we have not gotten um, the victory over and He's been with us for years. And especially when we know that, that we are not what we're supposed to be and God has been convicting us. Do you still say, well, I'm just going to, well, if, if, I, get, if I mourn, I mourn. If not, uh, it's gym time. Yeah, forget about it, it's gym time. All right? It's my hobby time. All right, it's my um, whatever time. Uh, my no, it is not. David, when he realized his sin and the sinfulness of the nation, he literally wept through the night. Right. Now this is what it is. It's gone, my friends. It's gone in Christianity because today is a Christianity that doesn't talk about these things. But this is a second beatitude. The first one is also not a happy thing. All right, is poor in spirit, and this is mourning. This Christianity is lost today. So adults, young ones, young ones, all right, you must practice this. Learn to write down the areas of sin that you have not repented of, that you don't want to repent, and say, Lord, tonight, or every night, I will spend this time to search myself, reflect. So this is about taking time to reflect, all right? Taking time to reflect. Now, overall, all right, running out of time, but overall, I just want to show you 
how to develop this. Verse 9, Be afflicted and moan and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Let. Now, there is this let your laughter be turned. Now, there is this word turn is literally be, be changed to. means God is saying, you know, you need to change some activities in your life. You need to make some um, arrangements in specific to mourn. Like I mentioned, there is, a, there is a funeral. You make arrangements to mourn. So God says there is this thing that you put in effort to do. So you ask, how can I develop this, this mourning? Well, there are some things we need to do. You need to do. Now, what are some of these things? What are some of these things? Laughter and joy. God says, get rid of it. The time for moaning is a time where you intentionally remove these things. Now, what are they? Distractions. Things that would amuse you. Things like entertainment. This is not time for entertainment. Now, I'm not saying that there is no, no place in the believer's life for recreation and entertainment and um, uh, um, um, healthy entertainment and exercise and all that. I'm not saying that. But when it's time to mourn for our sins, these are things you say, schedule changes. All right? I used to go to gym at this time. Now, let your laughter, your joy, these are things that I enjoy doing. These are things that I, I find a lot of um, um, fun doing. Let them be turned. Let them be turned. Means now I say, Lord, I am cancelling some of these things. I don't care if I grow fat and flabby. All right? This this sin in my life. I need to moan over it. I need to, I need to deal with it. And Lord, meet with me. All right? So some of these things. Now, don't be... There are people who don't like, don't like quietness. All right? They must always be organizing something, always be doing something, always be talking to somebody, texting somebody, be with somebody, and so on. Now, if you're someone who's like that, then you have to realize, looks like, you know, I need to set apart this time to reflect. Church camp, we have time of reflection, right? In church camp, time of reflection is put there intentionally for us to go reflect on the messages that we've heard, what has God convicted us about, to mourn over our failures towards God, our disappointment towards Him, and make resolutions to ask Him for His strength and grace to overcome them and return from camp, right? Not going back to them, right? That's why we said reflection, time. The same for um, every church camp. That's the purpose. Because we must set time for that. Turn off distractions. Turn off distractions. Now this word, let your laughter um, um, uh, be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Now mourning, this word mourning is that word. Be afflicted and mourn. It's the same word as the Lord, what the Lord used. Afflicted. What is afflicted? Now, afflicted means wretched. Wretched. Just now we read, right? Um, oh, wretched man that I, that I am. This is the same word. Now, so Paul actually practices this. He says, be, be wretched. You know words, This is not go beat up yourself, right? This is go and search your heart and dig deep and feel wretched about your sin. There is a place in that for the Christian life. 
Now, if you're a new Christian or you're a Christian that have never heard of these things, you better read Scriptures and know that Scriptures says that is part of the Christian life. Right? Now, a mindless, always just grace, grace, happy-go-lucky. Of course, that we should be rejoicing over those things, but there is also this. Now, the other one is be alone. Be alone. That's why it says, draw nigh to God. When you enter into your closet, be alone. Like I mentioned just now, if you're someone who do not like to be alone, you're very uncomfortable being alone, you just to have, must have some activities at night or on weekends, you just need to call someone and go out and do something, you must be with someone or doing something. Now then you have to realize, maybe it's my way of pushing out. Pushing out and avoiding the thoughts about my sinfulness, my failures, my backslidings. Maybe unconsciously is that. But if it's not, then it is not. Then you realize, oh, I realize now. God says, be, draw nigh to Him and be, be wretched. I need to go spend time and reflect and be wretched about, feel wretched about my sins. And I need to turn. I need to turn. I need to, well, now begin to get rid of some things that is making me just avoid thinking of my sins. Right? Always just... The moment I step home, I must turn on the music. I must turn on the TV. I must turn on the news. I must always have something in the background. Then you, you begin to realize, well, I think all these things are preventing me from being wretched. All these prevent me from, from one who would moan, would moan. They are preventing me. Right? Some people cannot stand silence. Reflection is a time of silence. Because in silence, you begin to um, really evaluate your own sin. Begin to dawn on you how sinful you and I have been, right? Right? So this is, these are things that God says, now you need to do this. What is last one? What is heaviness? What is heaviness? Now, heaviness is, the, the word literally has the picture of someone who looks down dare not lift up his eyes. Downcast. Eyes are downcast. Too ashamed to lift up the eyes. So God says, this is a, a, a heart that is heavy, heavily burdened with our sin and our sinfulness. One that is so strong that you're, you, you find that you can't even lift up your head to God because you're just so ashamed. We covered that, right? The sinner in the corner, not even lifting up his head, just smiting his heart. Forgive me, for I am a sinner. That's all, right? So do you have seasons of that? Do you have that in your regular part of your life? God says, you want to be more blessed? Then moan more over your sin and your sinfulness, your failure as a father, a mother, a, a teen, right? An elderly, someone who's doing something for God, your failures. God says, moan, moan. I hope that we develop this by God's grace. Now let us turn to God in prayer. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we are often so inundated with activities, with the busyness of life, but Lord, you command us. And it's said that you need to command us to go and moan, to go and be afflicted. Lord, we need not be told to go be afflicted at a funeral when our loved one passed away. But how is it that when it comes to sin, 
you need to command us. And Lord, we want to respond. We pray, O oh God, that you help us to not be people who want to try to avoid thinking about our sin and our sinfulness, not to avoid spiritual conversations, Christian friends, godly, godly ones, because we just don't want to be reminded, Lord, that we are not sinful as um, we really are. We don't want to think about that. So, Lord, forgive us. We pray for the young ones that they will develop even in their personal quiet time in their prayer, that they will reflect, ponder, and search, that they will mourn over their sins, and certainly for us adults as well. So, Lord, meet with us in the place of prayer now, we ask, even as we approach your throne, Lord, with, with awareness of how unworthy we are, how sinful we are, we just plead, O oh God, that you hear our prayers through Jesus Christ. We ask and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.